Well, I'm here in London for the launch of something called Block Venture Studio, which is a business idea based on Bitcoin SV to work with existing corporations and provide products that they might use straight away in a very practical way, as opposed to just startups that start from nothing and hope to find a market. I'm going to be talking to some of the most interesting people to find out what their involvement is and what is the potential of this new idea. You're listening to CoinGeek Conversations with Charles Miller. I started by talking to the director of R&D, Ari Kuki. So Ari, we're here at the launch of Block Venture Studio. Before we go into the specifics, what exactly is a venture studio? Right. Well, a lot of people have heard about incubators and accelerators. Uh, a venture studio is something that not many people know about, primarily because there are just over 500 uh, venture studios in the entire world. Um, a venture studio partners up with corporates and based on challenges that they're facing right now, uh, build startups for them. So they're tailor-made startups that are made based on challenges that uh, corporates are facing right now. Great. And so tell me about the process and your role in it. Well, I'm the director of research and development. Uh, so my role is to go through, go through the challenges, come up with ideas and concepts, and then go through a rigorous process of validation uh, to come up eventually with a solution that fits the market and that fits the need of the corporates. So the first step is research by talking to corp big corporations and saying, what have you what, what would you like that you don't have at the moment? Right. Well, that's, that's, the, f that, that, that's the first step. Uh, uh, the research, research itself is obviously a lot of desk research. Uh, so a lot of sitting behind a computer, a lot of associates that, that, that go through a lot of information. And then we come up with concepts, which usually are around 30 concepts. Uh, uh, that goes through a rigorous process of validation. Um, and then you end up with one or two solutions that uh, seem to fit best with the need of the corporate itself and also the rest of the market. So when you've worked on, on some problem and come up with a solution, is it assigned to a particular corporate who expressed interest or is it just something you're going to put out there for anyone who, who might want to use it? Well, the, the startup itself is built for the corporate. So the corporate is the shareholder. The corporate is the one that's funding it. Uh, the solution itself, it depends on the solution itself. If it's something that's just for this corporate or, or, or companies that are, uh, um, engaging with this corporate, or if it's something that this corporate wants to exploit in the market itself. So offer it to other, uh, other companies as well. So the venture studio makes its money by going around and sort of selling its services to corporates and trying to get commissions to do work. Is that right? Right. So corporates usually have uh, a couple of ways in which they try to innovate. Uh, one of the ways is that they have an internal uh, innovation department. Um, oftentimes, this doesn't lead to a lot of innovation because these, these are people that are working inside this corporate for a while. They're constrained by a lot of dogmas or by a lot of processes that are there. Uh, the other way that corporates innovate is by buying shares in startups that already exist or buying startups entirely that already exist and have proven themselves. And a venture studio is basically a third way of innovating by uh, having a startup that's specifically made to meet a specific challenge instead of something that's just out there and that might be interesting. 
So does the corporate that has uh, commissioned this work, as it were, then own the intellectual property? Yes, they do. Partly. Uh, 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 because partly we, as the venture studio, are also shareholder uh, of the startups that we're building. Uh, and the intellectual property is, is shared between, uh, between the corporates and us. And how does Bitcoin SV come into all this? Well, Bitcoin SV is is uh, the only blockchain that's scalable, uh, the only blockchain that's reliable and that's cheap. Um, um, so it is our preferred blockchain to work on. Um, we think that Bitcoin SV is uh, uh, the only blockchain that actually offers the utility that are promised by so many blockchains. Um, so yeah, we're we're definitely uh, our preferred blockchain uh, uh, is is SV. And when you approach corporates, um, does that is that something that you sort of keep in the background because you want to concentrate on the functionality that they're looking for, rather than coming along and saying we're Bitcoin SV? Definitely, uh, uh, everything that we do is based on the functionality and utility of the chain. When we're talking about solutions, we're talking about the functionality that the chain has and that it can offer to the solution. Uh, uh, when we're talking to corporates themselves. Of course, we're talking about blockchain technology. We're not specifying its SV unless they ask for it, of course. Uh, uh, but we try to keep that as much in the background as possible, not just because of some stigmas that are around around the uh, uh, SV in particular or in blockchain in general, uh, uh, but also of uh, because of our conviction that it should be about utility. It should be about actually providing value uh, uh, instead of. Um, um, some random, uh, uh, random blockchain solution that's more used for marketing uh, or, or, or just to make shareholders happy that you're innovating in, in, in blockchain. Um, uh, we're really focused on building solutions that are actually solving a problem. And the way that it solves them is by using a blockchain, but we're not uh, advocating for SV or any use of any blockchain if it's, if it's, um, um, if it's not needed. So what are we going to see tonight? Uh, tonight you're going to see an introduction of, of, uh, of the Venture Studio itself. Uh, so Osman, our, our, our director, is going to talk about in general about the studio. I'm going to uh, uh, show six use cases that we're working on right now. Um, and we're going to have a little bit of networking with some of the corporates that we're working with and some of the corporates that are just interested in what we're doing. Osman Callis, Managing Director of Block Venture Studio, welcomed an audience from many industries. I wanted to hear about the interest of media businesses and spoke first to Kim Dingler from ITV. So Kim, can you tell me what you're going to be talking about tonight? Yeah, so tonight I'll talk about the innovation strategy of ITV Studios in the field of brand licensing. We have formats that, you know, have global rollouts and these formats become brands and how do we monetize the brands in very different ways. And today I'll talk about a couple of projects that we're doing with regards to the metaverse and NFTs. And can you name any of the brands or is that secret at the moment? Yeah, so, so we're launching Thunderbird NFTs. Actually, the drop will be first drop tomorrow. And uh, we're talking Hell's Kitchen and the Sandbox. But we have an experience in avatars as well. What part of the population, what kind of demographic do you think is most suited to these kind of ideas? This is really hard to say. You know, in general, we think these are youngsters. Obviously, metaverse like playing. But then again, Thunderbirds, for example, has like a very old following, if you like. So they could be very interested in those NFTs. 
And do you see this as having a huge potential for all sorts of ITV brands? This is to be defined. You know, we're trying and testing whether it is successful. You know, it might be very successful for the brand, not in terms of monetization or vice versa. There's been a lot of talk of NFTs, and I think it appeals to a certain kind of person who's interested in technology. But for a wider audience, how much do you think you're going to be able to keep that in the background so that they're focused on the, the products and the brands they're interested in? Um, you know, I think it's really a matter of people getting used to NFTs and, you know, creating their own wallets. So probably in a couple of years, it will be very generic. But you need to step in now also for a business like us to understand how that works. Is it the, 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 the super fan that is probably your best bet in terms of getting people involved? Yeah, you, merely the true fans are usually the people who are really attached to the brand and would want to spend. However, when we talk about the metaverse and sandbox and Hell's Kitchen, it could very well be just people loving, you know, to, to the Hell's Kitchen experience, basically, and not necessarily being very attached to, brand, to the brand, but more to the experience. And is ITV and the UK media ahead of the game in this area, do you think? Um, I'm not sure whether we are ahead, but at least, you know, we're a front runner in trying to innovate. There was also interest from another British media business, Sky. I spoke to one of the leaders of Sky Labs, its innovation arm, Rose Tai. We're part of a team that looks at evolving technology trends and um, looking at what they're going to do for our audiences um, and for the organisation as a whole. Um, and so we are here tonight um, exploring and talking about how we feel that blockchain um, may um, offer additional sort of opportunities and challenges that the scale and scope of what blockchain may offer an organization like us. How do we think about methodologies that help us explore what those um, opportunities are? I think we see that opportunity and disruption are two sides of exactly the same coin. And that if we can't be prepared and start experimenting early, um, that we end up on the wrong side of that coin. So that's about your team and how you're going to work. But just can you give us uh, some sort of a hint about what the end product might be? As If I'm a Sky viewer, what, what might emerge from all this? Yeah. So it may not be um, just about the customer. When we think about how blockchain may influence or impact or enable our organization, we're thinking about several different communities. We're thinking about, obviously, our audiences and our customers and within a Sky context, context, that's not just viewers, but also we've got so many businesses around connectivity and what happens in the home. Um, so what we're doing is we've got a lot of physical products, we've got a lot of entertainment products, a lot of connectivity products, and then the um, organization that sits behind that to deliver it. We've then got the whole creator economy that sits, that feeds the entertainment services, um, and we see that that is going to be enabled and disrupted in some really interesting ways. And then obviously we've got the um, brands um, on 
who are an important part of the business model. And then what sits under that is the organization that makes all of this happen. So just like any other large corporate, we'd expect that these technologies are going to have an impact on how we work, um, but also we're going to have to think about different structures and different processes when we see such seismic shifts in the business models and the content economy. So how much is your focus on examining the technology and, and thinking about what it can do? And how much is it looking at it from the other end of the telescope, as it were, as to what functions and what purposes you might be able to, to make use of? Um, so it's all of those things. So we are lucky as an innovation lab in Skies that we don't sit in one area of the business. We're not affiliated to a particular business unit. We sit right across the organization. So when we start to look at what a technology might do for the organization, we're looking at all the possible impacts and opportunities. Um, our methodologies have three uh, lenses. So when we're looking at a new technology, we're looking at firstly the technology enablers, so what that might do for the organization and our audiences. But we're also looking at the strategic impact that it might have on the organization. And then the third aspect, which is really important and a bit different with our model, is that human insight is incredibly important, the third lens. So we operate in a multidisciplinary way where insight about customer or employee attitudes um, are also brought in. So it's those three lenses simultaneously. It's easy for us to think in terms of fans of popular programs and they might be collectors of NFTs and stuff. That's sort of in a way colourful stuff. But do you also see uses for blockchain really behind the scenes in a way that your customers wouldn't even be aware of, but might be very useful to the organization? Oh, 100%. So one of the um, really interesting things to explore, I mean, the obvious one that when people look at a business like Sky that's monetizing content is what you can do around pir piracy and um, content rights and protection. But maybe zooming out in a more interesting angle than that is the whole content supply chain, when you've got transparency within that, does that mean that you can actually have more um, equity and, um, and to actually represent the value right the way through the chain in which um, in a way which isn't um, maybe at the moment. And do you think that for these technologies and these new processes to be effective, they need to be adopted at a kind of industry-wide level rather than, I mean, I know Sky's a big organization, but that you need to take the whole of the industry along with you and, and reach agreement on some of those things? That is a really good point. Um, it's something we're still starting to think about and play with at the moment in terms of our immediate focus. It's very much around identifying the opportunity areas and then understanding how the methodologies that we're already using might need to be adapted when you're looking at opportunities on so many different fronts. Um, so um, that definitely is an important part of it. I think we're probably early stage in that at the moment. I was wondering about how long it's going to take. I mean, if we were here again in a year's time or five years' time, I mean, is this a very long process or is it, are we going to see the fruits of it quite quickly? I think the, um, that very much depends on what's going to happen in the wider market. Um, Sky is unashamedly an organisation that deals in quite mature markets um, and deliberately uh, doesn't aim to be first to market normally. 
Um, and so this will be one of the things that will be interesting to, to watch play out is the point at which it's right to make major plays in, um, in these areas, given that our audiences are very mainstream and they expect very mature products. Um, so, yeah, it's an interesting point. Okay, let me end on a very difficult question. If I'm a Sky viewer and I really don't know anything about technology, what is the first thing, the first kind of thing that I might be able to uh, make use of from your work? Oh, that's so interesting. Well, honestly, um, I come from a product background and um, I will say loudly and clearly that a lot of consumers are already struggling with everyday technology within their homes. And um, what I would hope that whatever we do is usable and accessible by everybody because we're already starting to face challenges um, or consumers are starting to face challenges with the technology in their life. So whatever we do do needs to be graceful, accessible and inclusive and usable and useful for um, all customers. And maybe if you're really clever, we won't even need to use the word NFT. There you go. (laughs) Really good luck and thank you very much for talking to me tonight. Thank you. Well, many thanks to Block Venture Studios for their event and to Ari Kuki, Kim Dingler and Rose Tai for speaking to me on the show. There was literally standing room only that evening, so we should expect great things from Block Venture Studios, or BVS as I think we should call it. Not to be confused, of course, with BSV. Next week, I'll be taking more of an overview of the BSV world in the company of Jad Wahab, formerly of Enchain and now Director of Engineering at the Bitcoin Association. So please join Jad and me for that. Until then, thanks for listening and goodbye.